taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. I won't be before you long, but I'm so grateful. Again, as I say every time that I'm, I have the opportunity to stand before you. I, I don't take this lightly, and I'm humbled every time that Pastor Davis asked me to stand before you. Today, he is worshiping with Pastor Wendell at Mount Olivet, and so we send our prayers to him as he ministers there. But today, um, there is a word from the Lord, and I want to share with you from the book of Psalm 62, uh, verses 5 through 8. Um, so you have your Bible, your tablet, um, it's on the screen, but read it along with me. Psalm 62, verse 5 through 8. And it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. A few years ago, I was on a plane um, on our way to a conference in Florida. And it was then that the pilot announced that there was a thunderstorm at our destination, and Control had advised us that we needed to stay in the air for about another 30 minutes until the storm had passed. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm flying, I always need to have a window seat, right? And so, after hearing the announcement, I was intrigued to see what it looked like outside, expecting that there would be clouds, it would be dark, um, as we were approaching the storm. But to my surprise, when I opened the window, the sky was clear and the sun was shining. I was amazed because there was no evidence of a storm anywhere. Now, typically, whenever there's a delay, I would be annoyed. But this day, there was something different. It was as if God was speaking to me about what was happening. What I was experiencing at that time in my life was a, was a representation of what God was doing in my life. One of the things that he showed me is the importance of a holding pattern, or what I'm going to call today a waiting period. So today, I want to talk to you about encouragement while waiting. How often have you prayed and asked God for something, but it had not yet happened? How often have you had a glimpse of what it is that God has promised you about your future, but it has not yet come to pass? Or it seems as if it's taking forever to happen. Waiting can be frustrating at times. And I mean all waiting. Waiting at a restaurant to be seated, waiting at a red light, waiting on your food to warm up in the microwave when you're hungry. And 
if you think about it, we spend a lot of time waiting. And waiting is not something that's new to us today. Back in the Bible days, people dealt with waiting also. I'm reminded of Abraham and Sarah, who waited 25 years before the son that God promised them was born. I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood, who waited 12 years before she actually was healed. I'm also reminded of the man at the pool of Bethesda, who waited 38 years to be healed. Now, here in this 62nd chapter of Psalm, David is, is, this is different than many of the other Psalms that he's written. It's not, it doesn't directly contain a prayer or a praise, but it gives us a glimpse of David having to encourage himself to continue to wait on God. The specifics around why David wrote this passage is unknown, but I'm sure like many of us, he found himself being discouraged or frustrated in the wait. But at this moment, he did what he did is an example for us today when we find ourselves in that same mind frame. We too must encourage ourselves to continue waiting on God. To do that, I see a few things in this chapter that I want to pull out that David used or he did that we can encourage ourselves. The first thing that I see is in verse 5. It reads, or I'm saying, the first thing that we see here in verse 5 is that we must remind ourselves why we are waiting on God. It says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Or as the New Living Translation says, my hope is in him. This is actually the second time that David says this. He starts out in the first verse of this chapter saying the exact same thing. But the difference between when he says it in verse 1 versus verse 5 is that verse 1 is more of a declaration where he states that his soul waits quietly before God. There's an S on the waits. However, in verse 5, it's more of a command where now he's telling himself to wait quietly before God. The initial phases of waiting, there's anticipation, there's excitement, there's joy, there's anticipation because we are excited about what it is that God is going to do for us or receive what it is that we're looking for. But if by chance that period of wait lasts longer than you anticipated, that excitement has a tendency to dwindle and soon may turn into doubt or we even begin to question if it actually will happen. For too many of us, waiting creates a downward spiral of impatience, frustration, selfishness, and anger in our hearts. But just like David, sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. You have to remind yourself why you are waiting on God. And if you don't know why, let me help you out because our hope is in him. See, what I realized on that day on the plane is that there's actually a blessing in waiting. God, just like Control did for that pilot, has insight into what's ahead and can give instruction on how to navigate and or move forward. They are able to see the conditions that aren't favorable for us 
and they can put us in a holding pattern to make sure that when we finally reach our destination, everything should be as it should. Because God is compassionate and he's faithful to us, he knows that there are times when the destination is not ready for our arrival or we ourselves are not yet ready to handle the destination. He loves us too much to allow us to prematurely go into something that will cause more harm than good. See, God's delays are not denials, but they are meant for our good. I'm going to say that again. God's delays are not his denials, but they are meant for our good. We must be careful, though, because our impatience can be used by the devil to lead us on dangerous and destructive detours. Sometimes, God delays his blessings to examine what's in our heart. He puts us in a holding pattern on purpose. And it's not that he doesn't want to bless us, but he's after a purpose greater than our immediate blessing. Just like athletes, they train and they develop their skills for the big game or for the event. God is looking for us as his children to grow in godliness and in faith. I'm going to say that again. God is looking for us as his children to grow in godliness and faith as we wait on his promises. When we remind ourselves that we will wait for God because our hope is in him, it helps to put our mind at ease. As Corey and the praise team just saying, there's intentionality with everything that God allows in our lives. Because Romans 8 tells us that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. So the first thing is to remind ourselves why we're waiting on God. The second thing that David exemplifies for us in verse 6 and 7 says, He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. So after he's reminded himself on why he's waiting on God, the second thing he does is he remembers who God is. Just like verse 5 is a repeat of verse 1, verse 6 is a repeat of verse 2. But then again, there's a difference. That's the thing about paying attention to the word of God. When you read it, you got to catch those little differences. Here, um, I love the progression of David's faith. In verse 2, David says, I will not be greatly shaken, which implies that there's still some doubt that he could be shaken, but the intensity in which it happens is the difference. But here, as we get to verse 6, instead of saying he will not be greatly shaken, he removes greatly and says, I will not be shaken. David's soul was encouraged as in the wait, as he reminded himself of why he was waiting on God. But now his faith is strengthened as he remembers who God is. God is looking for us as his children, as I said before, to grow in godliness and faith as we wait on his promises. Now, I can imagine that David now is reminiscing on the events of his life um, and recalling how God has been a fortress for him. A fortress 
is any place of exceptional security, a place where you can feel both safe and secure. David, being a warrior amongst many things, had experienced many battles against enemy nations as well as Saul, the king and his best friend's father, trying to kill him. So it makes sense that David remembers God as a fortress, that place of safety and security. But that might not be your story. You might not have had David's experiences. In your life, you might have known God to be a healer or a provider or a comforter, a confidant, a mind regulator, a heart fixer, a way maker, a protector, a deliverer, a counselor, an avenger, a strong tower, your peace, your shepherd, whatever it is, the greater your realization of who God is, the greater the calmness in our hearts. Yeah, our faith strengthens when we remember who God is. Lest I get too happy, let me move on. Verse 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. David shows us that while we're waiting, we first need to remind ourselves why we're waiting on God, for our hope is in him. Secondly, we must, we must remember who God is because our faith is strengthened in him. But lastly, he encourages us to reveal our heart's desires to God. I love that David incorporated this into the psalm because God, he already knows our desires. He knows the innermost parts of our heart, the deepest secrets and concerns that we don't share with anybody. But he delights when we trust in him enough to actually bring them to him. When we pour out our hearts to him, I think of the kind of prayer, when we're pouring out our hearts to him, I think of the kind of prayers that I used to, to, to pray when I was in college. Uh, my freshman year, um, I experienced some pretty challenging things. And I don't know about you, if you've ever been um, or had a time in your life where you really just needed God, and so you pray those prayers where you pace in the room like, okay, God, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. I need you right now, Lord. And I, I can't see what's going on right now, but God, I need you. It's, it's that intensity, that intense prayer where you are pouring everything that you have out to God. And so this is that kind of pouring out that David is talking about. It's not a sprinkle or a quickie prayer, but it is a type of pouring where you're laying everything out before God. Everything that is in you, you're giving it to God. But let me preface this by saying that this should not be the only time that we're praying. David admonishes us that we are to do it at all times. So when we're having good times, when we're having bad times, when we're having perfect days, when we're having bad days, when things are going well, when things are not, he is admonishing us that at all times we ought to pour out our heart before God. God delights when we come to him with everything. And so that is what David is talking about. It's this constant pouring. And we can trust that when we bring our desires to him, that he hears us, and that he's actually waiting to answer our prayers, but at the right time. He won't jeopardize our purpose nor his promise. 
so the weight is necessary. But when we pour out our hearts to him, he can encourage us that though we may not be able to see our way through, the weight will be worth it if we remember who he is. I want to leave you with the words of one of my favorite hymns. You know, growing up, you sing these hymns and you don't really understand what the words mean, but as you get older, they hit a little differently. But the words of the hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So how do we encourage ourselves while we're waiting? First of all, remind yourself why you're waiting on God. Then remember who God is. When you remember who God is, that you tend to forget about what it is that you're going through because now your focus is not on what it is that you're waiting for, but your focus is on the one who is given it. Remember who God is and then reveal your heart's desires to him. He cares for you and he wants what's best for you. God's delays are not his denials, but they are meant for our good. So don't get frustrated while you're in the holding pattern. Just know that either the destination is not ready for you or you are not ready for it. And God is in the preparation business. He's begun a good work in you and he will not finish it until your time has come. Let us pray. God, we bless you. We thank you so much that you love us so much, Lord, that you put us in holding patterns, Lord, to make sure that we're ready. We thank you, Lord, that you have begun a good work in us and that you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of waiting, you are able to encourage our hearts, Lord, to know that you will never fail us and that every word that you spoke will come to pass in our lives. So, Lord, help us not to be weary as we're waiting on you. But as Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord, you will renew their strength. We will mount up on wings like an eagle. We will walk and not be weary. We will run and not faint. Thank you, Lord, for exchanging our strength for yours. Thank you for empowering us that while we're waiting, God, we can be encouraged that the best is yet to come. So help us, Lord, not to be discouraged. Help us, Lord, not to be frustrated, but to remember who you are, to remind ourselves that we're waiting on you because our hope is in you. And then, Lord, help us to reveal what's in our heart to you, God. Help us not to hold anything back, but to know, Lord, that you are a God that if we bring it before you, you are ready and able to answer every prayer. Thank you, Father. We bless you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thanks be unto the God of heaven. Thank you, Shayla, for that message that just touches the heart about waiting. It's hard. Waiting is sometimes difficult. Even in the waiting places that God has us in at times, to wait is difficult. But it's th I'm thankful to God that we don't have to wait alone. 
Amen. He says that I am with you. Lo, I am with you into the ends of the earth. Thank you, God, for that word. Hallelujah. And in that word, I also want to take this moment in this point in the service to assure you, each and every one of you, that the God that is with you, the God who is waiting with you, is still waiting for you. He is waiting for us all. He says that he has gone to prepare a place for us. And that, that we will be with him then. And if you're here today and you're not assured of that promise, if you are wondering, do I fit in to that category of waiting? I want to assure you today that you are. Because God says that he gave us something, a ticket. He gave us a passport. And that was his son, Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you want to know how to get to that place that he's prepared for you, and you are unsure of that ticket that's been already punched for you, I want you to know it's just as simple as this. If thou shalt believe in thy heart the Lord Jesus and that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. Because it is salvation that gets us to that place. It is salvation that we share in Christ our Lord. So if you're here today, if you're streaming today, no matter where you're at, no matter what point in life you're in, I don't care how broken you think you are, you are never alone. You are not broken enough. There is no pain that heaven cannot cure. So if you're here today, I invite you to come. All who are heavy laden and burdened, because God will give you rest. Amen? Amen. And if you're here today also and in need of prayer, we've got a team of people here, a team of good people that love you and care for you and love God. And they're wearing these cool lanyards that, that say, ask me about Jesus. And we could pray for you. And if you're, if those who are standing here today that are standing, that will pray for you. Just ask us. It says, for real, ask me. Ask me, and we'll pray for you. And if you're in need of a place of worship, if you're streaming today, you don't have to always stream. Now, you can come on down. Come on down and visit. But we like to share this kind of love that God has given us to share with you. And we want to hug you and touch you and, and shake your hand and greet you and invite you to join us in this Christian journey to do this good work. Amen? Amen. Amen. God be, God be good. God be good. And um, lastly but not least, not only do you have a home in Christ, not only do you have a family in Christ, 
this is the dopest church on the planet. Where else can you worship God and be dope at the same time? Come on now. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Um, we want to not only call to prayer and call you to membership and call you to salvation, we also want to take this opportunity, I do believe, we're going to uh, bring out communion, and we want to call you to peace, a peace of God. I want to take this moment, and I want you to take this moment as they're passing out the artifacts. Think. Think. I want you to open up your, your heart right now and think. We'll take a moment to think about the goodness of God, about the brokenness we share with God. Any broke people out there? Because this one's for you. of my heart when it comes to this time of our service and how my brokenness does not even compare to what God has experienced through his son. Let us all stand together as we partake. Let us pray. Father, forgive us. Have mercy upon us when we have fallen short of your glory. We take this time to honor you and the sacrifice that has been made for us through the blood. We give you praise and glory now and ask for your forgiveness as we move forward in this service. For it was on the night that our Lord and Savior was betrayed. Paul writes that he was found in that upper room with his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Take, eat. Let us eat together. And the word says that after they supped, that he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents my blood that shall be shed for you. Let us drink. The Bible further reads, For when we eat 
this bread and drink of this cup that we do show the Lord's death till he come again. That show means we honor him in this act. We rejoice with him in this act because the victory has been won. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the victories which have been won. We thank you, Lord, because you alone have established our foothold in this place. We are no longer victims, but victorious as we walk according to your ordinances and decrees. As we leave this place, but never from your presence, Lord, we thank you and give you praise and glory because it is you alone and you alone we have our movement, our strength, and our being. And the church said, Amen. Today, it will never lose its power. Let's sing together one time. Oh, it reaches. To the highest mountain, highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, yeah, the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power just one time for people maybe doubting right now I know it reaches to the highest mountain, it'll come wherever I am, yes, it will flow to the lowest valley, oh yeah, the blood. for the blood. It's offering time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is a time where we have the opportunity to let God know how much we love him by giving back to him that which is already his. And so there are four different ways to give. The first is via um, text. You can text any dollar amount to 312-313-1800. The first time you do it, it'll ask you to set up your credit card or your debit card. And then anytime after that, all you have to do is text any dollar amount. Again, the number is 312 313 
1800. Second is via Zelle using the email address give at citypointcc.org. Again, that's give at citypointcc.org. Thirdly, you can go to our church website, citypointcc.org, and click on the Give tab. And for those of you that are in person, you can give by envelope if you have cash. And so if you need an envelope, just raise your hand, and we'll make sure that we bring an envelope around to you. All right, let us pray. Most gracious and eternal God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to give back to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, first of all, allowed us to be stewards of it. And so we pray right now, Lord, that as we give it to you, Lord, that you would use it for your glory. God, that the kingdom work that is being done here at City Point can continue to go forth, that lives will be changed, souls will be saved, and that your word will continue to reach the ends of this earth, God. We thank you right now for City Point. I pray right now for every individual, God, that is given today. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, that they shall never suffer any lack. We thank you, God, that as your children, we have the promise that you, that, that in your word it says we have never seen the righteous forsaken nor your seed begging bread. And so we thank you, Father, that you are providing for us. And so we pray right now for their homes, their households, and their needs. We lift it up to you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank all of our visitors that are here with us. Let's clap it up for all of those that came to worship with us today. You could have been anywhere, but we're so grateful that you chose to worship with us today. Um, and so uh, we, I think that's it. We don't have any announcements. No announcements. So let's go home, everybody. Let's stand. Let me pull up my email because it came out in the email this past June 4th. So on June 4th, there is, um, uh, we have an event where we will be uh, at the Greater Chicago Food Depository. And so that is on June 4th from 1 to 345. Um, and so if you are interested in uh, volunteering with us at the Greater Food Depository, um, you can either sign up on the back or for those of you that have received the email, there is a link in the email that you can click on to let us know that you are, uh, that you will be attending. And so we invite everybody to come out. This is an opportunity where we have a, a chance, as Pastor David said, to be the church. It's more than us just coming to church on Sunday, but us actually making a difference. And so we invite everybody to come on out on June 4th again. That's June 4th from 1 to 3.45 p.m. All right? All right, let's go home. Let's pray. Father God, we bless you. We honor you and we praise you just for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is concerned about us, Lord, and you cause all things to work for our good. We thank you, Lord, that you are intentional. And, Lord, you are continuously showing us how much you love us, God, by working in and through us. And so we pray, Lord, that as we go throughout this week, that we will be reminded, Lord, of who you are, that we would keep our minds stayed on you, God, with the promise that you would keep us in perfect peace. I pray, Father God, that as we speak, Lord, let your words come out of our mouth. Let others know that we are your disciples by the love that we're sharing for one another. And so thank you, Lord, that you first showed us how to love so we are able to love others. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice and even those that are streaming online. I pray, Lord, that you will touch them, their households. Lord, that this week they will experience you in such a way, God, unlike never before, God, that their love for you grows deeper. 
So we thank you, Lord, that you are drawing us to you and that you promise that if we draw nigh to you, that you will draw nigh to us. We bless you, we honor you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.